Hey there, welcome to Disco in the Library, where I and some featured guests will be covering many different topics to assist and help you grow at Southern Ohio Medical Center. We hope that you learn something along the way. I am your host, Megan Gladel. Let's dive into this episode. Hey everyone, um, welcome to Disco in the Library. I have my guests, um, Steely and Sarah. Um, Steely, if you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role here at SOMC. Sure. So my name is Steely Jordan. I am the Employee Relations Specialist here at SOMC. Um, actually just had my one year anniversary yesterday. So excited oh, to be here. Exciting. I know. Um, and basically anything that deals with employees and relationships or um you know, corrective action, anything, anything employee, I feel like I'm kind of involved in a little bit, and that varies day to day, but um, yeah. Sarah? I'm Sarah Blankenship. I've been with SOMC for about six years now. I've been in the employee health department as the manager for five years, um, coming up in April. And we take care of a lot of pieces here in employee health, everything from medical leaves to new hire processes, um, a lot of the compliance events that are related to employee health needs, and um, some of our wellness programs as well. Okay, great. Well, thank you guys so much again for um, coming on the podcast with me. This is our first episode, so I'm really excited to have you both. Um, And so our topic today is FMLA, or, you know, the long version is the Family Medical Leave Act. So with that, um, can you guys kind of explain what FMLA is? So FMLA is actually a federal law, so it applies to multiple organizations that meet certain requirements. Um, One of the biggest requirements for an organization is that they have at least 50 employees, so SOMC definitely qualifies for that. But it entitles eligible employees for up to 12 weeks of medical leave, and that covers both their own medical needs as well as if they need to care for a family member. So if their family member needs care, such as their spouse, their parent, or their child, um, it will cover time off for that as well. One of the important things to know about FMLA that is often a big area of confusion for our employees is that FMLA is actually the covers the absence from work for those medical needs. So um, it doesn't have to do with all the pay policies, although there are multiple options in there with um, the use of FMLA to get paid. But FMLA itself is just a, a policy that covers the absence from work for medical needs. I think um, just to kind of piggyback on that, how we typically will describe it to an employee is that it's job protection. So you get that time away from your job and your role is protected. And so you don't have to worry about that while you're caring for yourself or for a loved one. That's good to know. So um, you kind of mentioned this a little bit, Sarah, but who is eligible to take FMLA? Yeah, so there are uh, three main eligibility requirements that you need to meet to be eligible for FMLA. That includes that you have to have worked for the employer for up to a year, or for at least one year. You have to have worked at least 1,250 hours within that past year. And that that actually ends up being roughly about 26 hours a week. So um, even part-time employees who meet that hours requirement can be eligible. And then the only other criteria is that you haven't already used your 12 weeks of entitlement within the last year. 
Okay. Um, and so what does the process look like um, when they file for FMLA? So the, the first step is to contact employee health and wellness and your manager. So you want to let both of us know that you have a need for the leave. Uh, we do have paperwork already printed off here in the office that we can give to you. We have a booklet that will, will walk you through the process. But in general, you want to submit your request for leave first, and we have you fill that out right here with us in the office so that we know the dates that you're looking at. Um, we understand those can change as, as conditions change and circumstances change, but it gives us a rough idea of when you need off work. Um, we then send you with the paperwork that you bring to your doctor's office that they complete all the details of what time you need off, what the medical condition is, and um, any type of accommodations or restrictions you need. And they can fax that back to us. The doctor's office can send it right back to us, or they can give it to you and you can turn it into employee health and wellness. And then we take care of um, processing it and notifying your manager of what time you are approved off for. Um, I think um, we had kind of a unique situation here not too long ago, Sarah, where the employee um, kind of unexpectedly ended up needing some um, extended medical care. And so in that situation, the employee wasn't able to, you know, initiate the process, but um, a spouse was able to. And so the spouse was able to reach out and employee health and wellness was able to send that information over to the provider still to have it completed. So sometimes there's some of those odd situations where you can't really anticipate needing it, but it comes up mm -hmm. and there's still options for you to to get that. Yeah, that's a great point. We do for foreseeable events. So for example, if you know you have a procedure coming up or a surgery, or you know you're going to need to care for a family member coming up, um, we do ask that you try to do it ahead of time. Or, or a great example is maternity leave. Um, we ask that you come in about 30 days before you anticipate needing it to get the paperwork taken care of. But of course, these are medical situations, and, and oftentimes it's unexpected. It can be an injury, an accident, an illness that you're not anticipating. And so certainly in those circumstances, we just ask that as soon as you're able to, that you contact us. And, and like Celie mentioned, um, we are happy to work with family members who are uh, assisting in your care as well to get the paperwork to the right people. So. Um. So I know we've kind of have mentioned some of these situations already, but what what would be a reason why somebody would need to take FMLA? Obviously, like if they were having a surgery that was extensive, they were going to need, you know, extensive time off. Um, I know you already mentioned like pregnancy or maternity leave. Are there any other situations? Because um, I know you also mentioned if it was for the care of a family member or a child. Um, what does that kind of look like? Um, sorry. Where I apologize there. I think we were kind of tag teaming it. Um, I think one that always comes to mind to me that's very unique and that um, employees might not be aware of is if you are um, doing adoption, that's an option um, as well as like foster care. So if you will be participating in either of those processes, it's an option for you. And I think that that's one that is probably very rarely ever like mentioned mm -hmm. or discussed. And so yeah. um, that's a cool one that, that I'd like to talk about. Go ahead, Sarah. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, another great example of one of the ones that's often misunderstood or mis 
overlooked um, is that you can use it for chronic conditions as well. So examples of that are if you have a condition that flares up every once in a while, um, but you can work in between times. So when it's well managed, you're able to work and perform your job duties. But on days that your symptoms are worse, you might need a little bit of time off or you need time off for your routine doctor's appointments for that chronic condition um, or physical therapy appointments, different things like that that we see people apply for so that they make sure that they're covered for that time off to treat their chronic condition. That's actually called intermittent FMLA. Um, and so one of the first questions we'll ask you when you come to our department is, you know, do you need continuous or intermittent? And continuous is those situations you mentioned, like a surgery or a block of time that you need off, whereas the intermittent can be used as needed um, for, for symptom flare-ups or, or appointments and follow-ups. So with that, um does FMLA affect an employee's PTO time? Or are those two separate pieces of time that somebody can use to take off? Yeah, so we do like to separate it into two pieces. And we're thinking of the, the absence from work, which FMLA covers, like Steely mentioned, the job protected leave. But there are pay options while on FMLA, and PTO is one of those options. So we do have a policy here at SOMC for continuous leave. You are required to use PTO for the first week. That's typically 40 hours for someone's full time, or we prorate it if you're part time. Um, and then after that, you can still continue to use it if you choose to, but it's optional after the first week. Um, now for intermittent, those times that I mentioned where you might need a, a day off here or there, because it's not more than a week at a time, you use your PTO for that too. But um, yeah. I think the only other thing uh, to mention is that while you're on FML leave, you aren't accruing PTO. And so... Um, you can use it, but you won't be accruing it because PTO is accrued um, for time worked. And so you're not working during that period. That's an important point to make. That's something I didn't <laughs> yeah. think about. So We do have additional options as well for certain eligible employees, um, such as as a full-time employee at SOMC, if you've worked here at least six months. Uh, you are eligible for short-term disability for certain conditions, so certainly you'd want to come in and talk to us in employee health, and we, part of that booklet I mentioned, the medical leave at SOMC walks you through different pay options that you have so that you might not have to use all your PTO to cover that time off if, if you're eligible for some of those other benefits, or even um, some of the optional benefits we have, like AFLAC and Humana might cover certain situations, so we work real closely with our benefits specialists and HR to to coordinate what um, benefits they might have available to them to cover that time off as far as pay. Um, and so one other question that I had was, will um, the benefits that an employee gets, such as insurance or stuff like that, does that stay ongoing if they take, if they are, are off on NFL if they are off on FMLA, sorry about that. Say that 10 times fast, huh? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so um, I actually had to consult with the experts here in our office to make sure that I 
you know, was able to answer this question accurately. So the short answer is yes, your benefits will remain active and they stay in place. Um, however, once an employee has been off on continuous leave for six months, then their benefits would terminate and then they would be offered COBRA as an option um, for, for coverage. Um, another piece to that though is how do you pay your premium? So you're off work, you're not you know, bringing in any income. Some employees do have an option to delay payment of their premium until they return to work. And if they take that option, once they return, they, their premiums will pick up as regularly scheduled and then an additional payment will be tagged onto each pay until they're caught back up. So let's say you missed three of your premium payments while you're off. When you return for your first three pays, after returning, this is getting confusing, right? <laughs> um, you're paying two premiums. So yeah. that, just to make up what's for the great to make it up. Yes. Okay. What's great about that is a lot of people are concerned, you know, will I have to pay all of it up front once I come mm -hmm. back? And that's why they do that one additional premium per pay until you're caught up. So it's not all at once coming out of your next paycheck back. So for yeah, sure, I'm, I'm sure that would definitely be a concern, you know, coming back from leave, probably maybe already having some medical bills, you know, that have maybe, you know, stacked up and then having maybe this extra payment lingering in the back of your mind. So that is a nice benefit to not have that whole big lump sum. Like, oh, by the way, here's another <laughs> bill you have to pay. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you guys have anything else that you think might be helpful to our employees at SOMC to better explain this process? Um, I think for me, the one thing that we always try to clarify um, specifically if you're using intermittent FMLA, um, that leave can only be used for that specific condition um, that your FMLA is for. So, you know, if you have it for, let's say asthma, I don't know, um, and then later you just aren't feeling good you're a little under the weather that day you can't use your FMLA because you just don't feel good and, and can't make it into work like you'll have to use PTO sick or, or other options um, because your FMLA entitlement is exclusively for the condition that it was certified for and Sarah please clarify if I have yeah. um, stated no, that, that correctly that's a great point because there is language in the FMLA law like I mentioned it's a federal law so we have to follow pretty strictly the guidelines that they set forth and it says that it is for they use the term serious medical conditions and what that means is it's not for your common cold you know I called off because I had a fever that would just be your normal PTO sick day or PTO absent um, but a serious medical condition is anything that you require treatment for that's going to last more than three days. Um, so it doesn't mean you have to miss three days of work, but three calendar days. So it's, it's not a one day not feeling well kind of thing. Um, and like Steely mentioned, it is specific to the condition that they write the paperwork for. So you can have multiple FMLA claims going at once and they run concurrently. So they all count towards your 12 week entitlement. Um, but you do have to have paperwork to support the need for each one of those. So how that ends up looking is I might have, um, you know, 
Steely mentioned asthma. I might have asthma that flares up every once in a while, so I've got an intermittent claim for that. But then I suddenly get sick and I have to have a surgery, uh, an appendectomy or something like that. And that's another set of paperwork that you can be written for a continuous block of time, but they're both active at the same time. So um, one of the, the concerns we have sometimes is just making sure that we have the documentation to support the needs. So um, each time you have a different illness or condition, we would have you fill out the paperwork with your doctor. So um, The other point with the intermittent FMLA, intermittent is probably the trickiest one to to work with. Um, and some of the guidance we give employees when you're applying for intermittent FMLA is making sure that your manager knows when you're using it. So when you call in, if you need to call in sick um, for the reason you have FMLA, making sure that you notify whoever you're calling into and following your normal call-in process as well to let them know that you need to use an FMLA day. Um, we also ask that if it's something foreseeable, so I mentioned those medical appointments like physical therapy appointments or doctor's appointments or something that's planned ahead of time, um, we want we do want you to work with your manager to try to adjust your schedule and work around that as much as you can or give advance notice. Um, but that FMLA is there for those times that it, it can't be arranged around or planned ahead of time, then you've got that time to cover you. So. I think the final thing that I would point out to you is that um, I think that obviously anytime you're talking about serious medical conditions and, and health related things, um, it's very sensitive and you want to be very private with those details. Um, and I think that it's important that employees understand that that information is actually housed in employee health and wellness. Um, we do not see it down here in HR. It's not a part of their personnel file. Um, their manager would not have access to the specifics around that. Um, and so, you know, what's necessary for the manager to manage that employee's time away, they'll have that information. Um, but other than that, everything else is kept in employee health and wellness and it's confidential. And hopefully that would provide a little reassurance because it is difficult to feel like you, you know, all your business is out there. Absolutely. Yeah, we do keep that confidential here in employee health and, um, what we communicate with the managers is just what they need to know for scheduling purposes and for you to perform your job safely. So we don't share the details of what the medical condition is or um, any anything like that. We just share if if you have physical restrictions, like you're you know you're coming back from surgery and you're not able to lift more than twenty pounds, we would share that restriction, but not the not the detailed information behind it. Just what they need to know. So. Well, this conversation has been very helpful for me just to get a better understanding. I kind of knew a little bit about FMLA, but I think definitely if, and hopefully I won't need to take any anytime soon, but um, hopefully this is really beneficial to all of our employees to hopefully get a better understanding. Um, if they do have, you know, something coming up, they, if they are feel fearful or nervous about that, whatever the case may be, hopefully this will at least put their mind at ease with this part of the process. So um, sure. thank you both again, and we will look forward to having you guys on future episodes. Thank you. Thank you.